Hey, Marcus. Yo. You like movies? Yes, I do. Hey, Zilla. Yes. You like movies? Sure do, buddy. All right. Uh, this is Zebras in America, episode something, brought to you by <laughs> Hi Doug and PCP Industries. And we have a guest. Marcus, you, you take the mic. Sure. This is actually our second time podcasting with Zilla, first time directly on Zebras. Uh, he's a guy whose music I discovered years ago mm. through another counterpart of his, uh, uh, Curly Castro. Um, and then a few years ago, I noticed like, oh, these two guys whose music I listened to, they started a podcast with a guy who I've been listening to for like 20 years, uh, Alaska. <laughs> and I just remember being like, oh, this is so weird how like the three of them have a sh- I mean... Castro and Zilla having a show together makes sense, but then pulling in Alaska, and I became like a loyal listener oh, thanks, man. Uh, for the show, and we actually, you know, over the years we discovered, oh, we have s- s- similar friends and yeah. similar acquaintances, and the next thing you know, I've, I've been, I've scratched on all of their music, some True. has been released, some has not been, some has yet to be uh, released, um, but then... You know, I noticed once we became Twitter friends, I would tweet out certain things that were like movie related and like Zilla would like them. And it's and it was like certain things like, oh, does he know about that movie? And then <laughs> a while back, I, I tweeted like a thread of like bla- on, on a blast of silence. And then he DM me and he was just like, yo, I did this one project that was all based around that film. And I was like, oh, OK. So he's not just like on the level of like, oh, sure, I like movies. I mean, blast of silence isn't some deep, the deepest of cuts. But it's nothing that gets referenced like on a even semi regular basis. Nah. So and then I go back and listen to like certain albums. I mean, one of my favorite Zilla Rocka songs literally they don't sample it, but he references, you know, Now You Can't Leave, Now You Can't Leave, which is famous, you know, famously from a Bronx tale. Hell yeah. So it's one of those things where, like I I think he's kind of the perfect guest for this show because he's a, a hip hop artist and a lover of movies. Um, he just released an album uh, called Vegas Vic, which if you want to get the uh, the physicals of it, you can deal with it through Bandcamp. If you want to purchase it just digitally, you can do that on iTunes. Uh, do you want me to get into and Bandcamp? Bandcamp no, pays artists better. No, I was just saying Bandcamp. If you want the physical, and you automatically get, get the digital. I don't know how you are with streaming. I don't. Maybe I don't want to shout out Spotify, but I I'm guess all that. I'm okay, everything. it's better than nothing. Yeah, you can yeah, get it on Spotify too, and all of his other albums as well. But we were talking, and it was like you know, between the movie references, your music, and this album being Vic Vegas, which is mm-hmm. kind of a yeah. flip of the name of a character from a famous movie. And right. you know, Zilla and I were DMing and we were just like, well, outside of just necessarily like promoting his album in, in the traditional way, we can get into some of our famous, like our favorite, like Vegas or Vegas adjacent or gambling movies. Yeah. You know, we could even go as far as Reno. Cause Reno is kind of like in that Venn diagram of Vegas. Um, so yeah, Zilla, welcome oh, to the show. Thanks, glad, boys. Glad to have you. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and also, and also, we were episode fifty-one of Call Out Culture mm. is when yes. we were on, and we talked about that's rap a specific movies one. last sure. summer. The midway point. That's when we midway. were like. That's when we were still like energetic and young and free. And now we're like grizzled, like, all right, what are we going to talk about this week, man? We, we really were. Wow. Now I'm just thinking back to being <laughs> in that my old tiny apartment. <laughs> podcasting now i've got i've got a little one on the way we've got a much bigger place nice yeah step it up man being a I dad was in a small, i was yeah. in a small room 
<laughs> I was in a, yeah, I was in a tiny room. I'm, I'm in I'm in my son's f- future room. It's there's a lot of space in here. I'm I'm in my rap studio, which is my son's playroom. So there you go. I'm in nice. I'm in my rap studio, which is also the guest room and my office. And yeah, everyone should move out of New York City. You get a lot more space. I, everyone should move out of South Philly to South Jersey, which I'm hoping to do the next couple of years, so I can have more space too. One of those, if if we ever get to kid number two, we might be in one of those two places that, that uh, you just said. We're already trying to plan ahead. Well, um, come through, come through to Baltimore, man. It's good. Oh, shouts to Baltimore. Yeah, shouts to Baltimore. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I moved, not against I moved that. To, I moved to Baltimore last summer. Oh, fire! Yeah. I didn't know that. I was just yeah, I was just yeah. down there, bro. I was just down there like in uh, May. Okay, I was chilling. Nice I was in East yes. Baltimore at the spot called The Compound. It was like this ill... Yeah, it's like this crazy ill art space, which is like a, this... And it's also a beautiful studio with like sliding gates and like a barbed wire. And then inside, it's like this immaculate studio where like of Montreal records or some shit. But um, yes. my homies, um, Brian Ennels and Infinity Knives, were there doing their new record. So I came down for the day. And just... I, it was my first time being in a studio, you know, outside of my basement in months... So I was in yeah. Baltimore in the middle of the hood and then like in this beautiful art space. So shots to Baltimore. That's nice. kind of how, how it works. You know, you get, you know, you just sort of wherever you can get space, you rock with it. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a beautiful, beautiful place, man. They've got like a cool, like little scene there and have for a while. It's been like under the radar somewhat, but yeah, like JPEG Mafia. Yep. Who's, oh man, I feel so bad. Now his name is, he... He's in Islands, but he also raps. He has like a whole separate rap identity. What, what's what's oh man? What, what what's the guy's name? He collaborates with Mad. Oh, um, Sam Herring. Um, what's his name? Yes, th- there you go, Sam Herring. But yeah, his rap name being so Hemlock oh, Ernst. Hemlock Ernst. Yes. Yeah, you got like yeah Future Islands and Beach House and Dan Deacon. Like oh shit, yeah, shout yeah. to Dan Deacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr- drinking out of cups. Nice. Oh <laughs> yeah. Acting like a bitch. <laughs> oh. Dude, I did a show with him where, like, I, I, like, booed him off the show. Oh, no. Only because it was, like, 2002 or three, And I was just, like, it was a bill of, like, seven acts. And he was on first. And he was just, like, yo, he, he did his set. He was wild cool. He's, like, yo, is it, is, it, is it cool if I do one more song? I was, like, no. <laughs> and he was, like, all right, cool. I'll see you guys later. And I was, like, bro, we got to keep the show moving, man. Yeah, Shout Dan Deacon. Dan Deacon's a good dude. I met him also like yeah twenty years ago, at the old knitting factory, going to see uh, a friend's band, and he gave me he gave me a weird thing which I which was funny, but that was yeah it's just interesting. I I'm dealing with the fact that like when I say twenty years ago I wasn't ten. Right. <laughs> yeah. God. Like, I'm starting yeah, to talk yeah. about twenty years ago and I was. Like an adult, and, right. and yeah. it's so it bugs weird. me out. It really bugs me out. I'm, but Scott, yeah, I'm, I'm in a space, Scott, where I'm always like, "Oh yeah, 15 years ago, I was the, like, like that's like a prerequisite for me now." Word. But I was like 23. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right, yeah, yeah I'm 15, 38 15, as well. So yeah, like yeah. oh, 15 years ago, I was playing Lupe Fiasco or some shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, that bugs me out. Like yo, but yeah, you just you just made a new album called Vegas Vic. Tell us about Shablau. it. Man. Yeah, bro. It was um, it was it's fun. It was just like me trying to make a Ghostface record, honestly. Just trying to make something colorful and fun and high energy and studying Kappa and Ray all these years and Ghost. And so, 
I just wanted to make something fun and just get busy rhyming with my friends. And everybody I was telling about the project, I'm like, yo, give me your 96 ghost version. Like, that's what I want. You know, like all the producers, all my friends, I'd be telling them, I'm like, yo, on this song, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be Ray on uh, Iron Maiden. On this song, you're going to be Kappa on Cat May or some shit. So it's like my, my homage to, to Iron Man, which is my favorite album ever. But it also is like really about like money and doubling down and like investing yourself and taking chances. So it's not like, you know, like a woo send off in a way, but it's more just like, I think, I think all of us have matured in a dope way where like, we're all like small business owners. You know what I mean? Like call out culture. That's a small business. You guys is a small business. And I think we're all, we've all been using these tools and, and these audiences we've built to really just bet on ourselves. I think it's crazy and I love it. So this record's more about like embracing that too. You know what I mean? Just like going in. I love, I love that positivity. In. Thanks, bro. I mean, that's how I feel because I feel like everyone just, people like sidestep that to, you know, push their talking points all day. Whereas I'm like, yo, but we're all on these platforms <laughs> being able to, you know, like we said, like 15 years ago, it wasn't this easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 15 years ago, I was going on at 1 a.m. and Dan Deacon was going on at 7 p.m. And I just had to sit there all night and hope people showed up. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's crazy. So that that's really the gist of the record. And, uh, it's doing really crazy, so shouts to Chong Wizard Records. Chong Wizard putting the putting the album out, and uh, you know my record crew guys were all getting busy this year, and uh, my voice is really shattered. I, I sound like the Method Man I always wanted to be. But <laughs> I'm trying to focus chest cold, man. I was and gonna for, say, sh- oh sorry, <laughs> for 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 folks that that don't know the shorthand, tell us about the Wrecking Crew. Sure, man. It's, it's me, uh, it's me, Curly Castro, my uh, my co-host on call our culture podcast my man prem rock the troubadour you know what i mean curvonica the indie rap um mc in harlem and then a uh, small professor uh the, the best producer in philadelphia so it's all of us you know alaska is like the capadonna the crew and then um you nice. know we've getting it's, it's crazy just expanding our network and all of us working with each other and doing offshoot groups and then doing solo records so We've been we've been friends a long time. It's basically started me and Castro linking up in like two thousand seven or eight in Philly and then linking up with Prem in like two thousand ten, eleven, you know, small pro like two thousand seven or eight. And I'm really just being like, yo, it's we collectives work, bro. Like people people yeah. get excited when everyone's dope under a certain banner, you know, yep. and you can kinda expand it out and then do things and bring it back. So for us it's like Again, like Wu Tang, Bootcamp Click, DITC, like doing things we we always, you know, that they they did which, which we enjoyed, and then doing things we wish they always did. So, like doing compilations, you know, which Marcus has been on on the new one we did called Steel's Kitchen. Um, but yeah. also like like clicking up, like Prem Rock and Cash were doing a shrapnel record, calling the it cargo that. cult. The cargo cult record you did with Alaska was dope. Thanks, bro. That's I love. That was my first album I just produced totally yeah. for someone else top to bottom so like hauling at that you know what i mean like me and Castro do have records called griff company me and small pro have records called career crooks and then um yeah there's a, there's a bunch of shit like that so it's like it's kind of what we always wanted these these factions to do or studying what they did and rolling with it because to me it was always like I, I really wish there was like an odd couple album which is like you know kappa ghost and ray is like a group you know what i mean i always thought that would have been cool or like you know, Ray and go, like the ragu shit they always talked about, it, but yeah. they never did it. Well, they made and then there, Ray, there was that method Ray man Ghost and Method Man. Not at all, sucks. Yeah, but it was, it was like ugh. it was disappointing because it was like why it was disappointing. It was terrible. It was like 
Method Man was incredible on it. Right. And and like which is rare when he's like fully good at an entire record. Right. And then and then Ray and Ghost just just called it in. And yeah, it was all like Lucy's and shit. It wasn't even like yeah. You know, and it was back when Ghost. There was a time where like Ghost made a record a year, yep. and they were they were at the worst enjoyable. Yes, exactly. So he was he was in that space too. But it's like for us, it's trying not to <laughs> have to make an album a year because we have to. You know what I mean? Sure. I was gonna say with that with that group album too. What, what's crazy is like. It for those three names to have an official album and for it to fly under the radar like uh, years ago, like this is 2017 on Facebook. Sometimes you just share a song that's on your. So I shared the one album because it's kind of my workout song. One of my workout songs, the the they kind of redid Criminology, oh, and I yeah. actually like that. It's not as good Oof. as first Criminology. <laughs> but anyway, I shared it, and then a bunch of folks I went to college with, they were like, "What song is it? What, what is this?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? It's from the album." They were like. When did this come out? It was like like five, six years ago. Like yeah. no, like so many people claimed, to, and I'm not criticizing them. Right. But even like Wu Tang fans didn't even know that it was like a thing. I know. I remember like they filmed all those ill teaser trailers, like in the vein of Seven. Like Rick Cordero was filming them. Did you ever see them? No, I don't. Oh I don't my know god, bro, that was Wu the Master. most fire port. Yeah, Wu Massacre joint where they yeah, they yeah, did I didn't know they, they did, did oh, all wow. these teaser trailers where all the scenes from Seven. Was them putting like the Wu logo and like a, a white cop and a black detective were mimicking Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Wow. Trying to oh, find wow. the massacre. Wow. It was crazy. And then the and then the artwork is all like Marvel variant covers yeah. before that was a shit. Yeah, the artwork. The artwork was oh all, my the God. artwork was, was dope. I never saw those those, those oh, little snippets though. I need dude. to look I need to look out for those. Like that that's... came out that came out when I was uh, twenty seven years old. <laughs> so, so was I. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I remember driving to Best Buy in the rain to buy it on release day, and then I put it in the car and just sat there and played it, and I was like, I didn't want to admit that it sucked. You know what I mean? Because I was so hype off the trailers. Oh, I know. We know about artwork. that. What, one of my best friends, like, in, in high school, there were certain albums that came out. I, I, I graduated high school in 99, but there were certain albums that came out, and we used to have this, like, we're in denial. It's like, no, 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 it's good. Yes. And I remember a few summers later, me and me and my buddy, but that you know that same friend, we worked at Dairy Mart. Um, it's I guess for those of you regional folks, it's the Wawa of New England. Just the Wawa. Um, so um, he took a break. We we he was just like, yo, that new cool Keith album's coming out. I was like, all right, you you take your break now. You go buy it, and I'll just stay here or whatever. So like, the amount of time it took him to go leave the store, go to the record <laughs> store, come back, he clearly had listened to it. Like he he left. And he walked back in. He had this like disappointed look, and he just tossed the tape at me. Oof. He tossed the Matthew tape. He was like, Matthew, "Damn, it's yeah. that bad." It's like uh. it was clearly he had only got to like song five the, the entire trip, and he was just like, "No, I'm good." That's like, "Oh shit!" Oh yeah. my god! Because we love um, Cool Keith back, it, it, but like around Black Elvis, post Black uh, Elvis is when things started to get a little ornery. Mm, yeah, of yeah. that yeah. of that era, Masters of Illusion is my favorite. But mm. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I just like Motion Man, and I like the beats, and I'm. I wouldn't say I'm a Matthew apologist, but I I have listened to Matthew in the last five years more than once. Oh my god, I I listened to it last summer, like walking along the Jersey Shore because Gary, shouts the Cabbage's hip hop, like he did like a little spotlight on that album. I was like, man, I haven't heard this in so long. And I was just like walking over to the, the bridge in Avalon, New Jersey, playing that shit at like 10 o'clock in the morning by myself. 
Oh, man. I was like, this, this does not match the setting I'm in right now. Man, shout out to Cabbages uh, as well. He's like that 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 podcast, the work he does. Also, because like recently, so much of the albums that I've scratched on, he's been like highlighting. Like, yeah, your 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 guys and your crew, but like Beans also. I, I've scratched on Beans' last few albums. Now Bad. I just did a bunch of stuff for him. Nice. We found some songs from a couple of years ago that he forgot I sent to him that I scratched on. So now look out for that. But yeah, he's been. But he's definitely a guy who's like in the trenches and like. Puts, he puts me onto a lot of stuff, and then he also highlights a lot of stuff that I listen to. Like going back earlier, you know, I was gonna say some of the names you were dropping. Like shout out to Small Professor and mm-hmm. Chung Wizard because those are two guys who like when I think of the music that's like on my phone. Like so much of this, they work with so many artists. Like Small Professor, like I still listen to that Sean Price album he did, which is like so good. <laughs> and like Chong Wizard, you know, obviously doing stuff with Chris Crack, Plus yeah. Kingpin. Yeah. Those are like two guys who have been on heavy rotation these last. Cup, couple years, and then you know he's doing work. He's been doing work with you for quite some time. Yeah, he's a shit man. Uh, also, Chong, man. So, yeah, believes in yeah. the kid. <laughs> yeah, and Jeff, I, I oh, that's not. I'm, I'm not trying to be all over the place, but I didn't right. realize you were. I, I forgot, and then I realized again how like you and Jeff Weiss had this oh, yeah. like close relationship, <laughs> but I didn't realize it at first. Like he might have been one of the first times like I heard your name. Oh, word. Then years went by, but I forgot. And then you would like shouted him out for something, and then it, it was one of those like Kaiser Soze moments. Where it was like, oh wait, <laughs> that's how I actually knew about Zilla. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he put out um, he put out my what two album, two solo albums ago, Future Former Rapper. So he put that out on POW right. Records. Right. And then right. when I was kicking it with Fat Boy Sharif at the Prime Rock Show a couple weeks ago, he said like, because he you know Jeff just put out his new album, the deluxe edition of um, Gandhi Loves Children, and I was like, bro, I was like, we're label mates, man. <laughs> and he was <laughs> right. like. He was like, yo, like when Jeff stepped to me about putting out my record, I wanted to see his, you know, who he had put out in the past. He's like, I saw you on there. I was like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm good with the East Coast then because Jeff's in L.A. But, yeah, me and Jeff have been friends for, ready for this, 15 years. Wow. Literally okay, for 15 years. Late 20s. Late 20s friends. Yeah. Wow. Shout yeah. out to Fatboy Sharif. I, I was hanging out with him last year. We were all being safe, but last year, kind of around this time, Ari the Rugged Man was shooting a music video, and he wanted oh, a bunch shit. of. Uh, folks to have like cameos and be around and oh that's cool it was like me fat boy sharif timbo king was hanging out there's just like king. a bunch of folks just like h- hanging out and did you gave, ask him about really the ghost day. dog cypher part did you talk to him about that i didn't no 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 i didn't even want to bother him but it's it's funny because of course you would know that's like the first thing that well maybe the second because i always loved the song he had on the who's the man soundtrack but after that yes ghost dog when he's watching all the sons of man guys freestyle that's like the second thing that always pops in my head when I think of Timbo King. Mm, that's awesome. He's just, he had a great voice, man. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, he still does music. He 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 just pops up on uh he pops up a lot on Killer Priest's podcast. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> up on that. It's very oh, it's very interesting. I'll just say that. It it, no it, one it will always entertain you. Huh? No no one that lists the the Venn diagram of Zebra's listeners and people that's who true. listen to Killer Priest's podcast. Probably. Is, <laughs> it's you. It's you, Marcus. That's it. Yeah. His five-hour-long podcasts where he's just like his past. He, yeah. His past like three albums are like it's like if if Ka smoked a lot of dust in the nineties <laughs> in like the best possible way. His yes. records are really good. He's oh, making hell yeah. good. He's making good. Is. The best music of his career easily right now. And he has two new albums on on, on the way. Um, right of course, now, of course. But but if like you. I would like to see the numbers on his podcast 
But I'm not trying. No, no shade on Killer Priest. No, no. I, but it's like the, the guests that he had. Like one episode, it's like Planet Asia, and then the other episode, it's like you know, who, oh, I forgot it. Who's the black woman that sued the Matrix and and Terminator? Like she claimed that she had come up with those stories. Oh, I don't like, even know. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah. That was the whole thing. But like, she's on his podcast line. He has like philosophers. He has like oh shit. Cat uh, Cabadonna will just show up. Ari the Rugged Man. Like sometimes guests show up just uninvited, and it's in front of like a green screen where there's like a bunch of like pyramids and like psychedelic uh, imagery. And every episode, it's like it, they're longer than Joe Rogan episodes. <laughs> oh, I'm not, but I'm not even exaggerating. Wow. Like, yeah. And it's only on YouTube. It's not like a uh, a Spotify, iTunes type deal. It's like a YouTube video kind of. Oh, that's crazy. Just yeah. increase, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He so, average he averages uh, four thousand to five thousand views an episode. That's incredible. Well, that's incredible. I like to know that I'm one of them. Good that's for a, him, man. I'm definitely that's um, phenomenal. Shouts to Killer Priest, man. Oh yeah, the yeah. the creator of the Matrix, seventy two thousand views. So you know, people yeah, well, are listening. I'm sure. happy. I'm happy for. I'm happy for Killer Priest. Right. Uh, and like Killer Priest, Planet Asia is another person who I think is making the best music of their career right <laughs> He's now. He's on fire. Yeah. He is yeah, on he fire. Is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I'm, He's got I, over time. I what I really appreciate right now, which which is I'm sure this is something that we could translate to movies as well, is that. For a very long time, people were like, oh, you know, hip-hop is, is music of the youth. Only young people make rap music. That's it. And definitely as far as, like, weird, like, there's definitely, like, the kids' rap music and our rap music is very different. But, you know, I always had a feeling that there were going to be rap saisons and people who made work at a later time in their life and right. evidenced by the fact that, one, if you say that that new rap isn't good, you're you're just not looking. No. Right. There's there's right. so many people our age who are making the best music of their life. Totally. And, totally. And that makes me happy. A hundred percent. It's crazy. If like we're we're allowed to you know have that space and for people to keep checking it, you know, new and old, young young listeners like, isn't everyone's listener isn't just you know forty four if you're a forty four no. year old rapper. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it'd be like twenty six year olds and shit. Yeah, and that's the, you know, I know we get, you know, about technology now and accessibility. I remember early on, I used to kind of internally complain about when artists would put out more than two albums a year. Mm. And sometimes I still do, because sometimes you can it's tell some folks are phoning in. Yeah. But but I, I neutralized on it because it's like, just New York City alone, it's like, Southpaw's gone, the old knitting factory is gone, and the new knitting factory is quite anti-hip-hop mm. it's like there's no such thing as wetlands Duh. the bowery poetry bowery poetry music club doesn't exist there's so less few venues Duh. for i'm talking about specifically rap music for right. rappers to perform right. and that was such a huge source of money that it's like well you know what if you want to release that third or fourth album <laughs> to make money because you can't get a series of shows True. and that's my thing too if like if, if all these famous places are closing in new york city right imagine like new jersey massachusetts you know it's like, i mean i guess the middle east is still around but that's such a but contrary to what people always thought middle east is not a hip-hop venue mm. um they just have a lot of hip-hop shows but right. i mean still so I, I i appreciate now you know i guess i love th th there are a small handful of artists and i think zilla is one of them in your old crew who release multiple stuff a year that it's kind of like oh no, no one's phoning it in it's nah. not like you know i i, I appreciate that very thanks much. man but we're grateful to have people that want it you know what i mean like oh yeah <laughs> fuckers weren't okay. buying it or checking for it you, you may not want to drop another record, you know, in six months. Yeah. 
may, but then, may I tell but then, a, oh sorry may, yeah, yeah go ahead. may I tell a funny wetland story? Do it. Of course. Um, so in the year 1999, I was I was 18 years old. No, I was 17 years old. Excuse me. I went to see. Actually, I'm not going to say the person, but a very famous, prestigious musician was doing a concert there, and it was very special because they were way larger than the wetlands. And Ooh. when I, when I went to the bathroom to 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 pee, uh, he offered me uh, to smoke crack with him, oh, and shit. and I I kindly declined because. It just wasn't the place for me. I wasn't, you know, I was 17. I was in Manhattan. I didn't want to smoke crack, you know, but I, I was, I was very, I was very polite. Good for I you. I was like, I was like, thank you. Wow. You're a legend. I love your music. I'm, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm trying, I'm trying but, to cut back on the crack, but you know, maybe next time. Yeah. I'm 17. Hey. I'm, I'm 17, 17. And, and the person then went on stage and during a freestyle part said, do the dance, smack that ass a hundred times. Word. Just, just so re- you know. Just I, repeated not... it over and over and over again. As we inch towards episode 200, it's been a while, but single digit episode, Scott, you, you've more than once, you actually said who it was. Oh, I but I think, but but I think we shouldn't say to get people to go back. But Zilla, when we're off record, we'll tell you. But you, you've one thousand percent said. Oh no! No, you've definitely, but more than once. Like we're talking like episode seven, episode nine. Like you've said it before. Fact, but this is two thousand seventeen. So well, folks now have forgotten. that now that I'm I'm thirty eight, I'm just a little more careful. Good for you. Sure. That was no, that was sure. that was four years ago. Mm. Sure, sure. Very wild and back then. 34. I, well, I sort of was. I was 34. like, I was like three hundred and ten pounds. Oof. Just, just you know, just I was different. I was different. Good for you, man. I was, I was, I was possibly funnier, but I was not as nice. <laughs> it's maturation. It's the growth. The growth. It's fire. Yeah. So, I want to get. So, to kind of try to transition this to movies. Right. What? What? What I'm so amazed by, and I'm not going to go into depth about this one specific movie because Scott and I, we made a promise to podcast with someone else about it, but I will name drop it. So literally, the day that Scott recommended I watch this movie by uh, Nina Menkes called Queen of Diamonds Mm. is when Zilla hit me up and he was just like, yo, do you want to do this podcast? I think it would be cool if we talk about like Vegas films, gambling films, like things related. And I remember like, oh, that's so crazy. I think I said it in the DM too. I I just finished watching this movie. Um, so we're going to do a, a future podcast about it later, but I can't not talk about the connection and I can't not talk about the movie, um, in the sense that like, wow, the stars kind of aligned. Cause like, as soon as I was done watching the Criterion channel, I got Zilla's DM and then a couple weeks later, here, here we are. Here. Um, I, you know, I will say like a movie like Queen of Diamonds though, and Zilla's suggestion to talk about certain specific movies got me to think about how much I love, like, because I've been to Vegas so many times, and mm. it's like a fascinating place. It's a kind of, like, as soon as I get there, as many times as I've been there, I get there, the first 24 hours is so much fun, I'm yes. just euphoric, and then I immediately want to go home. There's no transition. It's like I wake up the next yes. day, and it's like, I've been here for way too long. Agreed. But, 
Right, but then Just, but I'm also so fascinated though too. Like anytime I've been to Vegas, it's either been for music or a bachelor party. So same here. There's usually like a limo, <laughs> or there's usually like so like so you're you're around service people who are from Vegas, and I'm always so fascinated when they talk about the rules and talk about the way things work. It has its own set of rules, and a lot of cities do like L.A. Well, not even let me not. Southern LA, Central, uh, I mean, Southern California, Central California, Northern California, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Florida, like every place has like their own set set of rules. And like the Vegas rules, especially people from there always have fascinated me. So that's why like a lot of the movies that I like that are set in or around there aren't like necessarily maybe like Oceans movie, which actually I like the first Oceans uh, 11, the the Soderbergh one. Iconic. The other one, I I do like other movies where it shows, it's like. The blinking lights are in the background, and it's more like focuses on the desert or just like the people that live in the motels and like right, like, just the, the the weird way of living that that happens in Vegas. It always just kind of or Reno too, that really just always fascinates me. I'm sorry, what were we getting ready to say, Scott? I was saying like when I think of like the most depressing movies ever, like Leaving Las Vegas, Showgirls, Short sure. yes. Eight, and Hard Eight. I'm just like I don't want to go to Vegas. It's just, this is where this is where dreams go to die. Yeah, uh, and I recently tried to rewatch Leaving Las Vegas, and I was like, I was oh. like, I I don't, I'm not going to do this. I stand by that it's a great movie. Yeah, sure. but but where I'm at in my life, uh, I don't I don't always want to watch stuff that's that devastating. True. Yeah, because because I forgot how devastating it oh. it was. If you've never seen it. Uh, you know, uh, Nicolas Cage plays a dude who goes to Las Vegas to drink himself to death. Yep. And he does. Yeah. You know, and yes. but you sort of know that from going into it, like. That's what I was getting ready to say. It's not like a, 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 a dissension from like you're on top of the world and now you're di-. like the movie start. Oh well, this guy's gonna die. It's just watching right. him slowly die as the movie plays out, and then the whole. The call girl culture because I saw uh, leaving Las Vegas when I was like thirteen. Yeah. So the yeah. whole idea of like a high end prostitute, even in a place like Vegas, it's kind of like ago. right. Oh my, oh my Elizabeth God, Shue, man, insane. she was on one. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah, she was. But just I remember of anything in that movie that made me feel so weird and unsafe was the scene where she's the call girl for like the high school or like the uh, college frat boys. Oh that that scene is really like always stay, stayed with me that's and there's way more messed up stuff in that movie but that scene alone it's just like wow 100 yeah. percent, dude yeah you know yeah. what um you know movie i was thinking about um um prem rock put me onto it like last year i don't know if you guys saw it. mississippi grind oh hell yeah Shh. yeah yeah, yeah. yo ben men ben mendelson is so good at playing like the the doomed loser you know what i mean yeah. he's great at that shit like i i loved him in that movie that, that movie was and, and it was it was great. Like it's fun too to watch, like Ryan Reynolds, people like that that have now you know, iconically tied to superhero properties, when like yeah. they're in little movies playing like regular people. Oh, agreed. And he's just like this you know dude who's good at cards and meets this guy and they're traveling and doing that thing. It's like it kind of reminded me of like um, like the color of money a little bit, you know, even though it wasn't like a you know. The old wise and mentor with the hot head young dude, but it was that sure, thing it's of still like adjacent, right? It's still like adjacent. like you're watching them travel and whoop people's asses along the way and develop yeah. this friendship, yeah. but like you know it's not going to last very long because it's the nature of those kind of movies. But 
Yeah, Prime right. put me on to that, man. I was like, oh, this, nice. that's, a, that's a fucking great flick. I like that one a lot. Ben Mendelsohn is such an interesting actor. He's, he's It's not like, oh, what is the word? It's like, um, sometimes you never know what you're going to get with him. He's, mm-hmm. he's like, he's a little off-kiltered, like in... Um, What's a good example? What what's what's um well first of all what what's the Netflix show? Um, a bloodline. Bloodline. The, 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 the serious is... the serious arrested development. Um, basically. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think our show is the only show in history where I once freestyled about the show Bloodline. <laughs> yeah. I I had a I had a Bloodline punchline. That's crazy. Yeah, Bloodline. What, what phenomenal. Yeah. Just one, it, one time. One time. You have a bloodline punchline, and actually now it's now it's now it's two times. Two I was just rhymes. gonna say, oh shit, two times two rhymes. You know, fuck Don rhymes. DeMarco, Don um, DeMarco. <laughs> That's great. Can I can I tell a funny gambling story? It's not funny actually, well, because there's nothing funny about gambling addiction. I've seen it like ruin many people's lives, but yeah. I may have said this on the show before. But you know, a hundred something episodes, you sort of lose track, but. Me and my best friend, when we were when we were twenty years old, eighteen years ago, we <laughs> we there there used to there's there you're back in my day there used to be these places called OTB, off track betting, mm. where you could go and bet on horse races in like the aqueducts or in certain places where they had horse races, and you could smoke cigarettes in there and and drink or whatever and it was just a very strange place and they don't exist in New York City anymore I don't know if they exist anywhere maybe I don't know but we we went there like we got really into it like we would we so we went like three Saturdays in a row and like this lifer like grizzled you know most people that 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 try to be like Bukowski don't become famous people like Bukowski. Ooh, they just sure, they sure. like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people yep. that are trying to live that life aren't, and they're it's just a different life. So what those people look like when they're not successful writers, which is most people, uh, is not is not a great look. And this dude came up to us. And they're like, oh, I seen, I seen you guys coming in on Saturdays. We're like, yeah, you know. And they're like, you don't want this. Don't do this. Ooh, cautionary and, too. Yeah, and the way he said it was was like so obvious, and like we thought it was cute, but like we were because we were like you know young kids, and and then we were like, all right, let's let's not do that. Mm-hmm. And then and then Damn. I never then I never went, and I I, I don't go to I don't go to Vegas. For parties, I just, I really, I really don't watching people. But if you like, I, I went to, I went to, I went to um, Atlantic City a few years ago, and just like watching people, like just seeing that look in someone's face when they're just like seduced by the paradigm of of, of gambling. Yeah, it's just it's it's so. I was about to say, you know, being an empathetic person, motherfucker, everybody's empathetic. Uh, but just like seeing, I'm an empath. No, you're not. You're an asshole. But I'm. I don't know who I'm talking to. But probably not our listeners. But you see, you see someone that's just like in that's gone to it, like, and it's just too much for me. But but you made yeah. a record. You made a record referencing that stuff. Uh, Ketel. 
Dude, that's. I'll tell. I'll tell you what. Like, I, there's a there's a racetrack near me. I'm thinking of it as you're telling me the story, um, and I would deliver pizza there, right? Oh, <laughs> and I would go there, and it was about it was about five blocks from a pizza place I worked in. I worked there for like 15 years, and when I would go deliver pizza there, it would be like a fucking like Tuesday night at seven o'clock, or like a or like a Saturday afternoon at like 1 p.m. when you're seeing like the real lifeline like degenerate dudes there that are just there all day with like the windbreaker on or the members only yeah, jacket. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like yeah. there's people there but they don't look like they're having fun. That's just like where they're supposed to be because it's Tuesday. That's just their spot. Well, that was like perfectly said. I mean, you're you're a writer, you're a lyricist, so <laughs> I would expect nothing less. But but no, but it's true. I mean, I Take oh okay so you you being a Philly guy I've actually spent I've spent time at Sugar House before yep yep and that's another that's like I've never been to Atlantic City though it's like oh I've been to Atlantic City a bunch it's weird yeah it's like it's it's Vegas no, Yonkers it's not, no. and then Sugar House like that's <laughs> no, that's you. what I know nope. of gambling Yonkers. and I remember like the, the characters at at that Sugar House casino in Philadelphia it's just very it's a combination of like the people you just described yeah but then like other guys who are just they're trying to scheme something, and then there's people there on vacation. Like me, like I thought it was, oh, it's like a vac- I like Philadelphia, but yeah. like Sugar House was not, I don't know, when I think of casino and gambling, I thought it was going to be like a mini Vegas, and it was, it, it was very different. Yeah. I enjoy, I, I had a, every, I mean, the first, first, first time I went was just like, oh, this wasn't what I expected, right. but I'm glad I made this decision, because I had, I have this, I have these stories to tell, like, yeah, I'm, yeah it, it, it's a very, what, what, like, so... It's not sea well, biscuit for most people. <laughs> no, sea biscuit. <clears throat> was any of like what you just described any of that? Was that from like the, the casinos in Philly as well, or was that not even in your your train of thought when like coming up with this album or song titles? Yeah, or anything like I, that? I, it, was, it really wasn't a, a conscious thing when we were making the record. It was just like oh, okay, it was just okay. making joints, and then uh, okay, and then when and Darko Darko the Super sent me the beat that became the title track of the album. Um, to me, it just it had like that dipset like cam vibe to it but then sure. it, but then it also had like like the ghost face like soul loop and so i was sitting with it and i was just like i don't really know what to do with it but it's so cool and so i was just like right into a rhyming like having fun and then once i got to like the parts where the hook is i was just like i just came up I was just i was like take your pick double down boy vegas vic and that's like the bridge in between each verse so I just kept going with it, and then uh, when we when we finished the album, me and uh, Disco Vietnam, who worked on that um, that Pete Rosenberg record, you were at that party. Yeah, um, yeah. He he executive produced the record with me, and it was very collaborative. And we were coming up with titles and shit. And then he was just like, "Yo, bro, it 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 just needs to be called Vegas Vic. Like that's the album." And I was like, "I don't want to. I don't want. I don't like doing it. Like I never ever did an album or project where the name of one of the songs." was the name of the album you know what i mean i always thought that was cheating we're like <laughs> right, when people right, right. do like self-titled shit i'm always like that's kind of lazy um right. so i had some other ideas and then we were just like nah it has to be vegas Vic. so then once we kind of settled on that then the things i was just creating then we're just coming out and then you know that that all culminated when we got the artwork from pq um where i had like w- one of the, the the test presses chong has up it's like a picture of like a of a of a hand with like racing gloves with like a cigarette holding a wheel. Yeah, I'm looking um, at it right now. Yeah, actually. so that that was the original cover. And that w- that was from a picture I had from like a 
like a 1950s or 1960s like Rolex ad. Like that was the gist of it. It was just a hand on a steering wheel with um, with a, with a glove and a watch. And I was like, yo, I, I had that picture for years and years and years. So I sent it to PQ and he sent it back. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And so he did a bunch of pieces. And then his last one became the actual album cover with the slot machine. Right. Um, but his his vision for it was like, when we were talking about, you know, look bored and, you know, other images, I was sending him like more typical Vegas ideas. Because to me, the album, like I said, is on some ghost face shit, like shimmering silvers and greens and light blues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And he was like, actually, when I listen to this record, I think it's more of like the 60s, 70s Vegas, like the burnt orange and the brown and like and like the yellows. Like like, yep. like the cigarette smoked lined inner corridors of Vegas, like the sands, yep. you know what I mean? Like like the like the mafia controlled Vegas, like that shit. Oh, Not yeah. like America's oh, yeah. Playground, Ocean's Eleven shit. Yeah, you know which I love deeply. He was like, I, I think it's more like the Golden Nugget type of shit. So right, right. so when he he was hooking up all these variants and all this shit, I was like, oh shit! Like he's really closing the loop on the album you know what i mean because it, yeah. it's not an oceans 11 type of record to me and i love those albums like those soundtracks like i love all that shit so much um but it's not like a hip album like those movies are hip you know what i mean and like, i was gonna say if you were gonna make an album like that it was it's almost like you'd have like bossa nova type samples right or like like that kind of italian like, music oh, and shit oh, it's like yeah. a vegas album you right know yeah exactly and i and yeah, i have yeah. all i love all those like I, I love spanish music italian records and so I've always wanted to do something like that, but it, this isn't that one. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. this might be more of like like Mississippi grind or like I'm trying to think of other joint. I was thinking about like um, what did you ever see? It's not a Vegas movie, but it's a gambling movie um, with Nick Nolte called The Good Thief. You ever see that shit? Absolutely, man. Like that type of thing where like a dude's like kind of a piece of shit and he's like fucked up on drugs, but then he gets cleaned up to like take down the house. You know what I mean? He kind, yeah. of, kind of looks like a mess. And then he like slicks back his hair and shaves, <laughs> and he's like taking everybody down. So yeah, it kind of felt like that type of thing rather than you know some suave shit, you know, which is to me like with the whole oceans thing is cool. Like I remember watching that, be like, I just want to be as suave as these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, yeah, they're slick. It's also listening to Vegas Vic also reminds me. It's like another movie I had to bring up on the show. It's like it's almost like my soundtrack. If I were driving to uh, Vegas in the film Roadside Profits, I don't know if anyone's oh, familiar with that, that movie. Uh-huh. Yo, it's this. Story. It's like how do I even just? It's like an updated version of of. Um, oh man, why am I drawing a blank now? The Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper. What? Um, Easy Rider. It's like an updated version of that. It's John Doe from X. So some people may not know the famous punk band X, but they know. So the actor John Doe, he, he's. Um, He's the bartender in Roadhouse that gets fired first because oh, he's like stealing money. He's also the guy he he plays Julianne Moore's husband in Boogie Nights. Oh when shit! When he's like, my wife is a pornographer. Well, anyway, he's from this like legendary punk group called X. It's him and Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. Whoa! Incredible they, band. Incredible yeah, band. Oh my god! They, and they drive cross country and like as they drive across country, there's other cameos. So it's like David Carradine has a cameo. Stephen Toblowski is in it. John Cusack. Shows up wait, wait, like three is, times is this in the, the one movie. In, um, in between um, License to Own Paul's Boutique era? No, this would have been after. So this would have been after Paul's Boutique. Okay. Oh, no, wait. Oh, it's in. Oh, maybe License. I mean, the movie was made in 92. So License to Own. So I guess you're it's definitely after Boutique. Right, Paul's right then, after. Right? Okay. Because yes, I, yes. I remember them talking about it briefly in the Beastie Boys book about him yes. doing a movie 
while they were in LA, but I never saw yeah. it. He did. He did two back to back. He did this movie called Lost. A- Ad Rock had a short lived career where they were trying to push him as an actor. He did this movie called Lost Angels. Yes, it was him and Donald that. Sutherland. Yes, I yeah. That. But then Roadside Profits is this great movie where it starts in California. And they have to like fulfill this guy's like uh, a friend of John Doe's passes away, right? And he had this one last wish, so they're trying to make it all the way to Vegas. So the last whole section of the movie takes place in Vegas, and it's just kind of like how Zilla described it earlier just like <laughs> the smoke and like the kind of sad looking people, or people who are just there because they're just like machines in the system. They're just like, I'm just supposed to be here, I'm it's just Wednesday, supposed to be this here. This is my day, day to be here, right? It's really hard to get. It's also Don Cheeto's first feature film. Don wow. Cheeto has one scene in that movie where he works at like a Vegas diner. Um, but it's such a great fun movie and it's like it I, I watched it I have it on D V D. I watched it not too long ago and it's still a really fun movie. And it's like one of those films where like like I said, like the outskirt side of Vegas. It's just one of those things where it's like I don't even know if you can call it a cult movie because a lot of people don't I've even never know heard about this it. In my life. Yeah, yeah. If Aren't I can get an MP four file I'll, I'll send you cult. guys. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it can't just be Marcus. Um, <laughs> but, um, Which is like you, that, yeah. and the Killer Priest podcast. And... Pri- <laughs> Yo, you, you know what? Like one of my f- it's so there's one song on my album called um, Ten Deep with Six Packs," and mm-hmm. when uh, we we were talking about the album last night on a on a Clock Culture podcast, and uh, Alaska was like, "Yeah, that song just reminds me of like the shit we used to do where we would just like sit in a parking lot and like pull out folding chairs and like just drink and hang out." Yeah. And so, like, the song's kind of culminating my life from 20 years ago. Um, but 20 years ago also was, like, the only movie I applied to my life every weekend was Swingers. Like, I oh, hell yeah. was embodying Trent every weekend. <laughs> like, I felt like the same way I felt back then when I, like, first discovered Aesop Rock off the internet in, like, 2000. Where I was like, yo, nobody around me knows what this is. I'm the, I'm the only one. I'm the shit. I felt like yeah. nobody in my age range knew what Swingers was. You know what I mean? Because this was like way before Vince Vaughn was huge. So I was like, sure, sure. I was like 18 going to bars under age every weekend and like acting like Trent double down talking to like older women and like mob wives yeah. and shit and like college girls. <laughs> it's like very, very, you know, mixed results and mixed is like a generous way of saying it struck out often. But that... Like the best part of that movie is just like the Vegas element of you know the suits and all that shit and driving there and then they're all amped up and then they get there and it's just like everything we're saying like the old ladies with with the blouses on yeah. <laughs> fucking at the slot machines and then they're staying there with like three hundred dollars cash and they're like spending all their money all their money that's another thing too like they only had three hundred dollars like even even in ninety six or ninety five exactly. Right. Or just the high. Have you ever actually taken the high of driving from like California to Vegas? I've I've done it only to do shows, never like just to go gamble. See, I I because I was in California. Oh, this is a long time ago, exactly. But it's that same thing. The the, the scene. It's such great editing and swingers when they're like Vegas. <laughs> and then baby, it cuts Vegas. to them. It cuts to and them the being like cut, and they're just bored right. as shit. It's like oh, <laughs> and the ride's not even over. No, I've 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 been there. I've literally been there. Oh, that's before. the shit. That, and then I remember that's keep another saying, soundtrack. Um, that's good. It's a great one. I remember when um. Favreau keeps saying he's like, he's like, this is not where the, the hot, the hot, sweet babies are. This is the skank shift. It's it's Thursday night at yeah, three yeah, o'clock in yeah, the morning. Yeah. This is the skank shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm telling you, one of my favorite lines, me and my one of my best friends in the world, Ahmad, we will randomly text each other this line. So the, the this scene doesn't take place around there in Vegas, but it's still the movie Swingers, where like the tough white dudes are about to fight them, yeah. and then like it dies down, and Vince Vaughn is like, like fucking House hey, of Pain is going to do anything. Like, yeah. That's one of the because yeah. if when you okay. look at those guys, it's like yo, they really do look like some like House of what Pain. What are you going to do, bitch? Pull dudes. up, bitch. Yeah, yeah. pull up, bitch. pull up. Yeah. <laughs> And then he makes that funny line later on, like, when they all become friends, yeah. and they're over his house, like, playing video games, and he sits down, and he's like, you ready, hip-hop? Like, when he's, <laughs> he's getting on the sticks, he plays, like, you ready, hip-hop? And There's then, a and lot goes, of little lines And then what he movie. says to him, he says to Mike, he's like, you don't know what it's like growing up out here. And he's like, you grew up in fucking Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. You don't know what it's like to grow up in Los Angeles, Anaheim. Anaheim. He's like, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, oh, Did- Sue. That's so crazy. In preparing for this episode, I was like listening to my... I, it's weird, like Swingers, and I love that movie, but like I didn't even think about that. Like That, that was a movie I always watched, uh, Hampton University. Oh, uh, dude, I had, I had is, the um, yeah. poster, my senior trip in high school. On the Jer- a lot of folks had that. Bro, a lot of, yeah, a I, lot of folks had that so, poster. So there, there was a... On, on the Jersey Shore in Wildwood, Shasta Wildwood, New Jersey, there's a big store... Marcus, have you never been there? Oh, my God. It is this gigantic emporium of like every toy, t-shirt, poster, game, outfit, everything from back then to now. Like catching, and this is before you could just get, you know, like a fucking like uh, X-Men shirt at Target. You know what I mean? Like when you could only get shit like that in like very specific places. Oh, I remember. Like so, I forget the name of this. It's called like the Shore Shop or something. It's gigantic. So I was actually there a couple years ago. It's the same place. It's nuts. But they had... They had like the first Swingers poster I ever saw, but it was like black and white, and it was like bootlegged as shit. So I bought it and had it in my room, but only after I hung it up that I realized it said like they misspelled the or they 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 wrote the the quotes incorrectly. So it said oh, like shit. they're gonna <laughs> give Big Daddy the Rain Man sweep instead of sweet. Sweet, was <laughs> <laughs> fake as shit. But I was like, I don't care. It's fucking Swingers. It's on my wall forever. I love it. You, it's funny too. You, you making that Aesop Rock scenario because I went to a, a historically black college just as he was blowing up. So you want to talk about someone in an environment that only knows about it? Like this was like you know, I went to college in '99, so I, I discovered Aesop Rock in 2000, yep. 2001, yep. and it was one of those things where like, hey, you guys listen to Aesop Rock and be like, no, what the fuck is it? Like I, I got that a lot. Like the, it was at the height of I, I went to like Def Jux. Was like the shit the whole time I was in college, right. but like nobody was in, was into that. Like I like that's how I that's how I made my friends in college too. Like the ten or eleven other guys that like listened to like what I did, and we found each other there. But you, it, it just jogged a memory of like being the only like ASAP Rock's only black fan in that <laughs> in that section of Virginia. Um, it, it's definitely how, how it felt. And Sage Francis, I don't even I, I I was the only Sage Francis fan. But anyway, um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're gonna, we gotta, it's, what, it's true? I'm just saying, I remember, um, oh man, what was, oh, was this, he, he's not a name, he's like a really good stand-up comedian, uh, his name's Sean Mallory, I used to go see him a lot, he's this black guy, and the first time I saw him, he killed, and he had this like Sage Francis shirt on, and I went up to him afterwards, I was like, hey man, good show, good show, and then like, I remember like a few weeks later, I wanted to see him again, so I like messaged him on Facebook, and I was like, Hey man, when's your next show? You probably don't remember me. I'm I'm the I'm the other I'm the guy that mentioned Sage Francis, and immediately he was like, "Oh yeah, the only other Sage Black Sage Francis friend I've ever met in life," and that's like how we connected. I'm just telling you, but that but that stuff is very true. Um, <laughs> Sage Francis. 
Yeah, shout out to Sage Francis. Yes, I was um in just all like in in winding down. Is there anything else like you want to plug about the album? Oh, or say, I mean, we've said so much about yeah, it. We but have. Outside of just buy it, I mean, shit. Um, yeah, you, you you can you can stream it. I don't give a fuck. Wherever you whatever works for you. You know that's yeah. that's the point of entry. This album has been my most streamed album. My stream numbers are sad, bro, because when when you look at like your uh, your Spotify demographics, it'll be like. Yeah. 85 percent of my listeners like men 35 to 44 and i was like yo sure we ain't out here sure. streaming on these streets so yeah. you know what i mean because what i realized was my fans aren't like broke kids so people that sure. stream are broke kids you know what i mean like they're not it's true and they don't even know of a world where you would actually buy music like that's insane to them right so if you want to stream on apple spotify youtube do whatever you want that's that's dope you know what i mean if you want to cop the cd cassette we're very limited with that uh, vinyl. They should be in hand shortly, but we're, we're taking orders on that. We got some test presses. All that's available at chongwizard.bandcamp.com. And uh, yeah, I, man, I, that's about it. I also got to say too, like we didn't get like specifics, but like Yiddish Pimps is such a great track. Oh, thanks, bro. And outside of that, just I'm big on starting off albums, and it's so you know, Five Dollar God yeah. is another great track too. And just all throughout, I'm also don't get me wrong. I love we're not going to make this a podcast about that. I love. Rock Marciano, Late Period, Killer Priest, Alchemist. I love the drum list, but I'm also big on drums. Love drums. And like all the, but all the drums on this album are just kind of like, to some degree, what I've been waiting for, like <laughs> consistently an album. So that's another thing oh, I gotta say. Like, we, we've, we've, I feel like we've talked around the album, but specifically, like specific tracks and specific things sonically about the album, what I love, are, it's especially the drums, because it's like, I'm an East. I'm, I'm a Northeast guy. Right. It just it, it is what it is. It's just kind of yeah, in, in my I, blood. I was born in New York City. Grew up in Massachusetts. Right. I'm, I just I'm, I'm around snow and cold weather and just yeah. boots and all that stuff. So that's just kind of it's in my DNA. We're East Coast, and we, bro. And yeah, we like we, we like everybody, big and small. We like big drums and not at all. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the only person without drums on the album is Darko. Everybody else got drums. Yeah. You know, I think he's <laughs> yeah. the only we're, dude. We're, yeah, we're Shout always him and I. Darko is super great dude. He put out me and Tone single last year, yep. and we're talking about Tone Tank. Uh, we're talking Tone. about we're talking about doing. Shout out to Tone. Uh, we're talking about doing another thing, but yeah, awesome. I like that he just he just goes for psychedelic shit. He's a boss. Uh, he's a good dude. And, he's a great uh, dude. Yeah, we'll have you know we'll have to we'll have to you know kibitz another time you know Hell yeah. talk more about shit and uh, you know say what up to uh, Curly in Alaska and all no that. No doubt. Oh, and then and last got, but not I've least, got more music. Oh, ahead, uh, last sorry. but not least, on on the album itself, we drop in you know samples from the Hard Eight. So I wanted people right, to go back right. to that shit, watch that piece. Or Sydney. It's <laughs> weird. There's there's a group of folks. Who only know it is Hard Eight? There's a group of folks that only know it is Sydney. Like now, it's it, but there was ten, a period where people. you mentioned no, <laughs> but like I'm just saying, like back in the day, because Sydney was a movie like, oh no, it was, it was Hard Eight, and some people were just, yeah, I don't know. But all I'm saying is like there, twenty there years ago, like people 20, twenty years ago, 20, more twenty three years, years ago, maybe. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh shit! Wow. No, it came out ninety six. Look, guys, it's past my bedtime, I'm, I'm, and I, I gotta, I have to take my my vitamins. I'm also feeling old when throughout this whole episode, when you guys are talking about 18 years ago, 20 years ago, 26 years ago. I need to go to bed on that because I'm just, I can't process. We appreciate it. How yeah, too, time, how time has flown. It's too it's, too old, too old to die young. So we just gotta live. <laughs> we just gotta live forever, baby. Yep. I got, I got. I'm fighting this cough. You know what I mean? I'm old as well. 
you know, and I'm, and I'm wearing a joint for tennis, tennis elbow. So there we are. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing uh, a knee guard right now because I started doing jujitsu again, and these these young motherfuckers are doing knee bars and leg locks and shit, and I have one leg lock before I'm like ah, you know. Oh shit, Jerry, I yeah, can't sure. work. Yeah, it's I, I love it. I'm in the I'm in the shape of my life. I'm very happy, but I just can't. My body just is not what it used to be, and. You know, the, the Buddha says that once you accept that life is suffering, you can, you know, get over it. Right. So now that I've accepted that life is suffering and that I will age and I will deteriorate yes. and that's okay, yep. I can enjoy it now. Yes. As, I'm, not, listen, I'm not fighting it. I'm an active Buddhist, bro. It's the shit. You just, you get older, you get way more chill about everything because you're like, everything's just going to change anyway. That's yeah. it. And that's it. All, all I got is me and making everybody happy because I want to be happy too. And my body I'm is more, always changing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a Taoist because of the anarchist uh, in me, but it's all beautiful. It's all That's good, the shit. and yeah. all all of it all of it makes sense. I don't know. I just like try to like live life and let it be and, and enjoy it and accept and participate. Perfect. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful ending to a podcast, man. Look at that. Yes, and thank right. you for participating in our podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, man. We gotta have you get back on Culture Podcast. Oh, anytime. The way you look, I think you know what I'm saying, old timer. I think you do. Jesus Christ, why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. <laughs> You're big time. You are big time. <laughs> Let me try this again, young man. Yeah, uh-uh, the best engineers. Busting on the tape deck, knobs, wearing niggas turn on the Brown pie troubles, turn the bass down on this one. Michelangelo yeah. flows. Maybe rap, cool baru. You know how we do the 99 cent tapes. Doc Heller, what's going on, bro? Doc Heller. I told you, Doc Heller, what's up, man? Yo. Roller hockey, rollerblading, and she has my family sold diamonds off the last name. I said no relation. First vacation, watching MTV Diary. I'm making of the video. Black stiletto, pretty toes. Wrote a song, so here it goes. She hiked up her school skirt. Flannel boxers under. Catholic school us caged up youth. No wonder. Take your pick. Double down, boy, Vegas big. The first dust heads I met were in that school. And the first teen moms I met were in that school. North Philly stayed on that side. Southbound trains, that was our ride. My melon held my rap, I had no hard drive. Buick, Buster, Ueys, catching Wesley Snipes movies. Nighthawk at the diner, 29, when I first had sushi. Take your pick. Double down, boy, Vegas, what a doozy. Wedding favors, Mr. and Mrs. Beer Coozies. From yours truly, we're supposed to have gratitude for enemies. Peppermint schnapps inside of Listerine. Strike nerves like ghost first on Can It Be or 80s Sean Aston. The renegade student who saved the upperclassmen from hiding and blasting. Take your pick. One-way ticket. Vegas thought 90s comics would pay for our college An upper deck Griffey man would get his all jiggy The death of Superman would get me that new sedan And X-Men 1 was my index fund Nothing gets you paid like big licks Take your pick, understand me Vegas Vic Shouts to Ty McFarlane and Jim Lee Rob Lee, Field Life Out, however you say it Great put me through college, man Vegas Vic I did that.